Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Jana Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may want to pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Well, welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. I am Jana, and it's great to be back with you. Today, we have a really interesting episode because, as you know from the last episode, we had a conversation with Sarah about her experience with uh, being in Wanting It More, which is my program, and also some backstory about how, um, you know, what brought her to this point in her life as well as she shared some details about their first sort of sexual experience before, um, since taking the program. So her husband has bravely decided to come join us. So both Sarah and Nick are back for kind of a part two of the first episode. And we're gonna be able to hear about Nick's perspective because if you listen to the last one, I think there were many moments where you probably thought, What does the husband think about this? So we get an insider perspective into that. So Nick, welcome. Sarah, I've already introduced you, so you can be quiet. (laughs) We already had a little bit of a preamble before this about Sarah's involvement in this conversation. But uh, Nick, why don't you let us know just who you are, maybe what you do for work, any hobbies, how old you are, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Okay, so yeah, I'm Nick. Um, I am 44. uh, for work, I'm a software engineer, or at least I've kind of always been a software engineer. I'm now kind of in like firmly in middle management, managing other people, uh, which brings its own kind of challenges, which is fun and interesting. And yeah, like I say, challenging um, kind of hobbies wise. I like doing kind of outdoor stuff like say kind of walking in the mountains. I go rock climbing. I go to indoor climbing gym every week and try and get out and do some outdoor rock climbing as much as I can. So yeah, that's my kind of outlet, I think. I already have lots of questions for you. So you have two girls, they're seven and seven and nine, seven and nine. Right. So you're still, they're not super, super old. So you're still in those caregiving years. I find a lot of men, once they get married, do stop doing things that they love was that something that you went through like a period when the kids were young or have you always maintained hobbies that you enjoy no i think there was a there was a period um i think when we when we first got together i kind of dropped down a bit on on kind of doing the things that i did they kind of like spend more time sarah and i spent more time together and so i kind of stopped doing some of that stuff and still did some and then but then when we had the girls it was like all better off kind of like we didn't really go out much I didn't really kind of see my friends much for at least the first few years um and it's probably safe to say it's only been in the last kind of three four years I've started to really build up these habits again and get these kind of you know and also at the same time build up like a new friendship group because we kind of moved away from my friends were, you know, like I went to uni with and we all moved to into London. We all lived in London and 
half of them are kind of still in London and some of them have moved about because we've moved out of London haven't really got the contact with them and didn't really have a hobby so there's kind of a lot of finding people that I could do my new hobbies with like rock climbing and camping and like a good group of mates as well a good group of guys that I kind of share time with and actually share kind of you know some of the more tender stuff the more emotional stuff so it's been really key actually the last few years for me has been quite powerful that's really rare for men to have a group like that how did you find them um I think it was quite fortuitous so Sarah trained to be a yoga teacher a number of years ago and so the husband of the teacher um um basically kind of like met up with him and kind of hit it off and he introduced me to like a group of people that he knows kind of thing so we go camping we have like this kind of um kind of we probably go like every two or three months and go out into the woods and kind of just sit in the woods around a fire and drink beers and stuff um but it is quite yeah like I was every time I think about it like I'm really fortunate to have um a group of like friends that I'm actually like close enough to to be able to share the more delicate stuff so and talk about yeah the stuff that's troubling me so yeah it's good it's a privilege were you able to get any support around your marriage or what you were dealing with your sex life at the time? Yeah, so I felt like with my group of friends, like my older friends, there wasn't really the kind of language to talk about this stuff. It was a very kind of high level, let's talk about kind of like, I don't know, like football or work or I don't know, whatever else. But the moment you kind of tried to get into something a bit more delicate or a bit personal, a bit more uncomfortable. There was, well, no one really tried. No one really bothered, actually. They always kind of kept it kept it quite high level. And um, I don't want to say macho, because we're not a macho group, but but quite, yeah, quite superficial, should I say. Yeah, that's pretty um, common. Hmm. It's shifted now a bit, though. I've noticed that, there's there's a certain kind of subsection where I can there's guys where I can talk about this stuff. Yeah, so yeah, so with with the kind of you know the new group of friends that I've found, we've started having these kind of conversations where I can actually felt kind of courageous enough to share this stuff with them, and actually quite like it was quite. Um, I'm trying to think of the word like not nerve wracking, but like it was quite. It's very vulnerable saying, do you know what, you know, Sarah and I, we haven't had sex for like, you know, like months and months, maybe even a year kind of thing. And like, I don't know what to do about it. And like, I've kind of, in my head, I've tried everything that's possible and kind of, you know, but there's just nothing I can do and it's totally out of my hands. Um, and I, and I don't know what to do. Um, yeah, and so to have those kind of be able to talk about that is quite a is quite a big thing, and I and I felt like they held they held you know they they kind of held the space as well. Like it was a um, not that they kind of shared the same experience, but um, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. It was good. It was good to it was good to talk about it, but it still didn't. You know, I was still stuck in that space where like 
I don't know what to do. Like, how do how do we get out of this? And like, it just felt really, yeah, it felt really. Um, I don't want to say really lonely. Um, I've kind of I wanted this connection with Sarah again, and um, and I felt this disconnection between us. Um, and I always, I, and I put it down to the fact that you know we weren't making love, we weren't having sex. Um, that that was this thing and maybe if we could just start having sex again then we'd get this kind of connection back and this closeness back um and then i really and then after you know sarah started doing the course and started talking about kind of not feeling safe and um um and having kind of like like unsaid boundaries crossed it all of a sudden clicked into place it's like this disconnection i'm feeling it's not from not having sex it's from like your reactions every time I come up kind of, and she said this to me, like, you know, when I, when you come up behind me and give me a hug, like I tense up and I'm like, that's happened like, you know, umpteen times a day. And that's what I'm picking up on. That's the, that's the lack of connection there that we've got. Um, and the sex is just like a kind of a side thing to it, actually. Um, it's that kind of not feeling not feeling safe and that was hard to hear like you're not feeling safe around me like I don't know it's it's a bit of a cliche isn't it like I'm your husband like you know you should feel safe and um but I get it I get it like those boundaries aren't there like you've not yeah um yeah like there's not it's not it's just not something that you kind of talk about of like this is okay and this isn't okay so of course you feel kind of kind of threatened and um uncomfortable at best so yeah sorry that took that took that off on a bit of a bit of a sidetrack oh no it's really all great you can talk as long as you want what was it like i mean i hear from a lot of men that that initial conversation is tricky to manage and you said you had that thought well i'm a good guy i'm a i'm a great husband um what other feelings did you have when she started sharing those experiences with you um i think in the main it was it was positive because we were having these conversations whereas before we weren't or we couldn't it would you know it would it, yeah we just couldn't have the conversation so i was like this is this feels like progress like we're connecting here like you're and it and it, and it made sense but how how did i feel um i don't know i think quite positive actually because it all made sense right like because it all kind of started to click into place and i was like oh and and this is why I've been feeling like this and this is why we've not been connected. I was like, this feels like a step in the right direction. So it was a positive feeling actually. When you weren't connecting physically or having sex, what were some of the explanations that you had come up with? You had talked a little bit about that you were, the not having sex created the disconnection, but did you come to any conclusions about what was going on for her? um the story of the story i was telling myself was that it was um like we got out of the habit um of doing it because of 
children and whatever. Um, and it's a bit like, <laughs> I, I saw it as a bit like, and, and, and she'd build it up in her head of like, okay, we haven't done it. And so therefore it's a big thing. And, um, and she was uncomfortable with it. Um, but I've re- I realized now thinking of, like today, thinking about it, like I was in my, in the back of my mind, there was kind of the analogy of kind of like exercise right so so you know like you you, you have a you have a, a good period of like going for runs and then you don't go for runs right and then you get out of the habit and then it becomes a big thing of like oh do you know what i can't can't be doing that. and i was like if we can just if we can just get a couple of runs in then we get back in that you know get back in that kind of groove and it'll start to be nice like it was when we first got together and and that kind of thing and so that's the i think that was the story i was telling myself yeah and so were you doing things to try to get her to have those first couple of runs? Yeah. Yeah, like I I tried I tried yeah. Um like kind of gentle pressure. So kind of can we schedule it in or you know like or the kind of impromptu thing of like you know how about now? How about now kind of thing. Um not on a super regular basis but you know and then and then after a while after after a long while like a couple of you know a few years I was just like I'm gonna totally back off like and I and I, and I said to her like do you know what I'm, I'm never gonna I'm not gonna mention it again if you want to let me know but I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep on going over this conversation um so just let me know um yeah and kind of back to all the way in the in the secret hope of like oh maybe that um you know <laughs> like, reverse psychology a little <laughs> exactly yeah or yeah yeah so yeah yeah you had mentioned it being a really lonely experience and I'm just curious for the men listening who uh, may not have anyone to talk to or their wives may not be on this journey right now, what would you uh, say to them? Is there anything that you could do to validate um, their experience or let them know that they're not alone in their experience? Well, I mean, the obvious thing would be to kind of <laughs> come to this course, right? But for to, for their own experience, I mean, it's tough. It's really tough. Like, you've got the, the you know, your the person you've kind of said you're going to, you know, that you've dedicated to spend the rest of your life with, that you're bringing up children with maybe, um, that you're supposed to be the most connected person to. Um, and then there's all the kind of like, you know, like the, all the media stuff of, of like, you know, the perfect couple, like, you know, having sex, like once a week or whatever. And like, and you feel like you're, relationships broken and that you haven't got that connection um and I think it does have a and I mean for me it, it has an impact on everything else as well like um kind of even like the physical um connection of like hugging and stuff doesn't quite have that kind of genuineness for me and so there was that disconnection as well um and it yeah it did just feel really really lonely but I think we don't realize because we don't talk about it 
we don't realize that there is you know that there are kind of like loads of guys out there feeling the same way right so many so yeah because we because we sold this perfect picture of like everything's fine and everyone you know you've got the kind of like instagram or the facebook like like perfect image of like you know um and so you're like oh it's just it's just me <laughs> it's just that's the the fucked up like mm-hmm. yeah did you ever think that it was you that she was not attracted to you anymore or that she didn't want you um i guess on some level yeah like i had this um i had this feeling of um like our our first exploration date um and i kind of I shared this with her, with Sarah at the time of like, um, and it just, it just suddenly hit me and I hadn't realized that I felt this way. I was like, see, I think she was kind of like straight from my chest. And I was like, I just, it just feels amazing that you don't find me repulsive. And I was like, Oh, crikey, where did that come from? <laughs> like that must have been how I was feeling. It's like, yeah. 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 I find a lot of men, which is understandable that they have this interpretation is that if you don't want sex, that means you don't want me. Mm, mm. And that's really painful and confusing. Yeah. It's rejection. Rejection. Yeah. That's how it feels. It's like every time, you know, every time you kind of make the suggestion, it's like, Oh no. You're like, Oh, it's like, I don't know. It's not, it's kind of a, yeah, it's just it's just rejection every time you feel like, oh, okay, right, fine. Yeah. So then your wife says, I want to take this course. And what were your initial thoughts about that? Try anything. Try, I'll try anything. anything. <laughs> yeah, like it's like anything. We'd we'd done um couples counseling. We started couples counseling, I think middle of last year. Um and it was good initially, but it didn't really, I mean, in my mind, it was, I wanted to get the passion back in, in the bedroom. I wanted to start having sex again. And that was like, in my mind, that was like the one, if I'm brutally honest, that was the one thing. Um, and I realized we're, we're really good at like the admin. We're really good at solving problems. We're really good at like talking together and so, like logistics but it didn't, we didn't get anywhere on that. Um, um, and I think she talked about this course before and mentioned it and I totally forgotten about it. Um, and I can't remember what it, I can't remember what it was, but she said, I'm going to do this course. Um, I was like, yeah, cool. Let's go for it. Like what's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't really know much about it at the time. Like I think I'd, think she'd show me one of your videos way back um but yeah like I didn't under I didn't comprehend like what like like how big a thing it is actually mm-hmm. um in terms of kind of going into um the conditioning and like feeling safe and all that stuff and once that stuff all started to remember I was like oh this is big <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we did a husband. Were you on any of the husband calls? Or you no, there? I'd love to have been. It was, um, it was like crazy o'clock in the morning here. That's um, true. And I was going to try and make the last one, but I was, I was, it full of cold, and so I couldn't. 
yeah, can drive, scrape myself out of bed. Yeah. One of the guys, um, well, if you're listening here, we ha we, we've been experimenting a little bit with offering some more support for husbands because wanting it more is for women. Mm -hmm. But uh, we did hear from, from other husbands who were like, hey, could we also have a little community or a little support? So we, we tested it out and it was a great success. And I, mm -hmm. one of the guys on there said, maybe try to give people a little bit more of a heads up how involved this course is. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't say yes. No, I, we do try to be very open about it. I, I always try to say, I want to get to the root issues. I don't want this to be a surface level thing that mm. doesn't work. Mm. Mm. I want to really, and, and when you're going to get to the root issues, it's going to be tougher than just sort of slapping a bandaid on it and, you know, scheduling sex as it was before. So, yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. was it like sort of the, the early days as she was entering in and, I don't know, did you watch the husband videos or how did you feel about your side of the participation of it? Um, I think I, as to a certain extent, like got it fairly early on, like what, like the whole principle behind that. I got the whole kind of not feeling safe thing. I got the whole drawing boundaries. I was totally okay with that when it came to the, um, what's the, what's the, what's the period, what's the, the four week period? Oh yeah, the reset. Yeah. The reset. I was like, I think we talked about it, Sarah. And I was like, well, it's gonna <laughs> barely gonna notice it. Yeah. So we kind of laughed about that. Um and I think some guys have found that hard actually. Yeah, um, really hard. Yeah. And I get that. It's yeah, it's a big thing. Um but yeah, so but but once Sarah started drawing boundaries, um it felt really it felt good actually. When she was like, oh, I don't like to, you know, it's really subtle, not subtle things, but like smallish things. She's like, when we hug, I don't like it when you stroke my back. And I was like, crikey, how long have I been stroking your back? And you've been like, I don't like that. But then we had a conversation about it. And I was like, do you know what? I don't like, I, I don't like this. I get the same thing. Like when, if someone's stroking my arm in the same place for that long, I like, it starts to feel really uncomfortable. And I was like, I need to start doing the same. Like I don't like saying, and it's like kind of drawing by drawing the boundaries, you're almost kind of connecting more mm -hmm. because you're meeting at the boundaries rather than stepping over into the, across the other person's stated or unstated or even unknown boundary. And all of a sudden it becomes quite liberating. Like I know that she'll tell me that I don't like that. And I'm like, Oh, great. This is, brilliant like, I can I means because I don't want to do stuff that you don't like why would I want to do that yeah so was yeah it it felt... was it confusing for you that she hadn't told you up until now she'd kept it no because of all the culture stuff that you guys talk about as well and all the conditioning and and I think I you know to, to a much lesser extent obviously but I think everyone does I think guys do it as well actually um so I, yeah, like, I mean, it was, it was, didn't make it any less hard to hear because, you know, I kind of think back to all, like, like fairly regularly now, like I think back to all the times in the bedroom and I'm like, oh, that, you know, that probably wasn't good. Like, yeah. So, which is uncomfortable actually. Um, 
it's uncomfortable to think about it. Yeah, definitely. And would have been really uncomfortable. Well, I mean, yeah, this is awkward, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is, um, can be in a confusing situation to be in where you did not want to cause harm. You Mm. did not want her to feel safe and Mm. you were acting with the information that you had in the moment. And so now, yeah, it would make a lot of sense. It would feel uncomfortable because you're, Mm. you're thinking back and thinking, gosh, it would have been really nice for her to tell me, but I know why she wouldn't tell me. So I have compassion, but yeah. It would have been really nice for her to feel empowered enough to tell me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's why it's so important not to blame each other in this process, but to both look at culture and say, gosh, we mm. were both really affected by, mm. by culture. I mean, you were told things too, you know, try to get your wife in, in bed, do whatever you can and see if you can mm. get some some brownie points. I don't know. Did you ever do that? Like do a lot of dishes or housework? I hear some men do that. No. no, you weren't. <laughs> I, think, I, I think you may be on another level. <laughs> you, you've done some uh, some great uh, personal development. Uh, have you actually? Have you done some some work or reading? Or you mm. you have quite high emotional intelligence. Thank you. I take that as a massive compliment. Um, uh, so yes, I have. I've done a lot of kind of self work. I'm also currently started um, training to be a counselor. So. Oh, no, it all makes sense, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow, that's fantastic. Where, where are you in? So you're working in, in as an engineer? Yeah. Software? Software engineer. Software, Software engineer. engineer. And you're also working towards becoming a counselor? Yeah. Yeah. So training part-time at level, I'm at level three at the moment. So kind of one step towards before the diploma. Wow. Now, now I have so many questions about that, but we should probably keep it short since that's not the point here. But yeah, when did you decide to do that? What what spurred that on? Um, when uh, I mean that's like a whole personal journey thing. But I kind of decided about five years ago. I had this plan of like, um, like this ten year plan of of I want to at least to have explored it. But based on my own kind of um, uh, like how mental mental health has affected me, but also those around me. Um, um, I don't know if it's too personal, but my my dad took his own life when um, when I was seventeen. So that's obviously a massive factor for me. And then there's various other kind of people in my life that have really struggled with mental health. So it's always been a been a factor for me. Um, yeah, so, and I've kind of always felt that, you know, more comfortable about talking about this stuff and digging into this stuff and being super curious about kind of mental health and neurology and psychology and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I figured a, you know, a career, the option of a career change at some point would be, would be a good thing. Um, and it's interesting, the crossovers between, um, so boundaries, is in in counseling is a big thing um and it's something we've been covering a lot recently and drawing our own boundaries with um kind of you know with clients and with our people around us friends and family and then this comes up on this course and I'm like oh this is this is like double work here. 
Yeah, it's really cool how you can start seeing th different threads in different places and, and realize, oh, this is just basic human functioning. No matter where you look, whether it's in your personal finances or in your intuitive eating or your exercise practice or your parenting or your sex life, you're going to see the same threads through all of them because, yeah, it's just about being a functional, healthy human being. Um, mm -hmm. And thanks, culture. You've really done a number on us to take us yeah. off track of that. Yeah. 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 And kind of like celebrate the the stuff that's not self-care. So, so like that, like, you know, wearing that badge on you, like I work really, really hard. I work kind of 80 hour weeks and that's a kind of a, a badge of achievement. Um, I, and valuing that over like, actually take some time out and take care of yourself and listen to yourself and listen to your body and, and what's it, what it's telling you. Um, we're not very good at that as a culture. No, not at all. Hence the work I do, trying to help yeah. women get back in touch with all that. Yeah. So your first exploration date. Um, yeah. Do you want to share just what that was like for you? I think Sarah shared much of the details, so I think she's totally okay with that. But um, just on your end, what, what things were going through your mind? What were you reminding yourself of? What was the after conversations like? That sort of thing. Um. yeah it was it was different um but kind of it felt more real like it's been you know it's been so long since we've had sex that i can't really remember what that was like actually um but we kind of you know just lay in bed um and it was really like it felt like a real connection like it felt kind of true rather than it was hard to so there's those those in my mind it's like this track of kind of like you know like you start kissing and then like there's like a dopamine driven kind of like to to the end game right and that's always been and you kind of end up battling that a bit um but but here it just felt it didn't that that wasn't a I don't know. I felt I felt like a, every so often I felt like a little pull of like you know kind of like move this on like um, um, and I had to kind of pull back a bit and I basically kind of lay there and didn't really do anything because it was kind of like I'm not I don't I'm I'm not going to be an active party in this um, because it's all about Sarah finding out what she wants and what feels right for her um, and the moment I kind of start getting involved it kind of messes, it muddies up the water, right? And it becomes about what I want. Um, so I was very, I was very aware that I didn't want to, I wanted her to explore her sensations and her feelings and, and emotions. Um, so yeah, but it kind of just felt, it felt nice. It felt connected. Um, yeah. And for the rest of the day, it kind of felt weirdly like I got this, like this buzz like we'd had sex um and it generally like in this little kind of like bounce in my step as well like 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 we'd had sex today even though we hadn't it hadn't even hadn't even close in kind of you know like traditional cultural terms or whatever mm -hmm. yeah 
it felt good. So some then, since you're a kind of a highly evolved male, so I can ask you this question. <laughs> I don't know. Was that insulting to men? I, I apologize if it was. Um, so some men feel like this paradigm shift where as a man, you're not taking the leadership role or the initiation role mm. and you are working on creating a safe space for her by mellowing things, mellowing out, not advancing, not reaching, not commenting. And mm. essentially, like you said, sort of lying there and seeing, you know, where her pleasure takes her, which may or may mm. not involve genital contact or intercourse or orgasm at that time. Mm. Some men say, that's not fair. What would you say to someone like that? I th my feeling to that is is like it depends where you want to get to because like it's not working at the moment so if we if we have that conversation about fairness it's going to continue not to work I think we're going to get stuck right we're going to get stuck in a in a kind of prid crow crow thing where you know I I want my I know I want my kind of reward for doing this but it's not going to move because Sarah's going to stay, or the, the the you know the wife or the partner is going to stay stuck in that place where they're not really exploring themselves. So, yeah. So I kind of see it as an experiment, like not as a not as a kind of a, a you know like a I see it as I don't think experiment's the right word, but um, an exploration. Well, I suppose it's an exploration date, right? But it's like an exploration of like like finding finding out like what what sex will be like in the future if if she's genuinely more involved and engaged and emotionally kind of invested in what she in getting what you know getting what she wants um i think it's going to be a win-win it's got to be a win-win right otherwise it goes back to the um just going through the motions to serve a serve a purpose or to to make make the guy happy or make me happy um yeah so it's either it's either go go down this path or go back to not having sex so and i know which one which one i'd rather go for <laughs> yeah well you said all the things i was hoping you were gonna say thanks nick <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks so much for coming on and doing this. I know it's really late for you over there, and we had a bit of technical stuff, so you had to persevere, but I'm really, really grateful that you took the time out to talk about your experience and share the vulnerable stuff, which, like you said, not a lot of men share. I'm really, really grateful for that. Thank you. It's a real honor and a privilege to, to speak to you, Jana, and thank you for putting this course together. I think it's a really big thing, and I think it's much bigger than it's actually much bigger than just sex, like getting women their voice back and their power back. I think it's, yeah, it's awesome. So thank you. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you have any requests for different topics we can uh, talk about in the future, please let me know and I will talk to you in the next one. Bye. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app. It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face, and has a little button that says latest episodes. If you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing that says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a five stars. Actually, you can put any stars, but five is what I would love. And put a title and then write your review. Thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and I really am so grateful. If you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want to enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to janetdentonhouse.com slash wanting it more to sign up for the waitlist, to learn more, to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.